Meanwhile, at the Hall of Cage. This is my snakeskin jacket, and for me, it's a symbol of my individuality and belief in personal freedom. Oh god, not the bees. Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. What do you think I'm gonna do? I'm gonna save the fucking day. How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box? How absurd. I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. How absurd. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of your cell? How absurd. What's in the bag? A shark or something? How absurd. Well, I think you better pull the trigger, because I don't give a fuck. How absurd. I never disrobe before gunplay. How absurd. I still have a bunch of my old wrestling VHSs. Well, I'd have been surprised if you didn't. I mean, they're just Fosters. They just, uh, just, not Fosters, um... Duck Hill, sorry. Like back home home. Oh, well. Oh, wow. Way, way in the back home home with the homes? Oh, yes. I have a letterbox now. Oh, oh fantastic. Oh, fancy. Yeah. So you guys can uh, stay up to date on what I think about all the stuff that I don't watch. That's fair. That's very fair. And I'm glad that you were able to, to tell us this <laughs> and to do this live on this episode <laughs> of Caging Greatness. Wow. A cold uh, open. Yeah. If you not listen to the show, if you listen, you know what to get into. (laughs) We're known for cold opens on this show. Right. Because if the audience of two people knows what we're talking about as we come in, we're not doing our jobs right. It's really not as entertaining. No, not not at all. And they they definitely (laughs) just don't blindly click on an episode without reading the title. No, no, nobody does that. They just get the text alert from Apple Podcasts. It's like, the boys are here. (laughs) I mean, they don't even click on the episode. Why would they blindly click? (laughs) Stop the presses. Uh, anyway, this is, of course... Oh, oh you geez. son of a bitch! Man, this is your first episode... In you, my house! And you're already infringing on people's gimmicks? Yeah, see, if I'd have known... Mike, Ken, God. If I'd have known it was started, I could have done it beforehand. <laughs> but that's okay. Mm. Yeah. I like that? Mm. That's better, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, welcome to this episode of Caging Greatness, uh, the episode where we talk about the films of Nicolas Cage about 46% of the time, and where we discuss how Thomas Jefferson was a massive, massive prick. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, recently returned from a documentary about the wives of scorekeepers in Major League Baseball called Umpire's Miss. (laughs) To my right, we... (laughs) 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 To my right, we have, of course, Jonathan. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. Uh, switching some places around uh, to his right, we have Canna. <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, on this day in particular, I would like to remind everybody that Christopher Columbus was also an insufferable prick. Mm. Yes, he was. Indeed, he was. was. Why, we're choosing to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. <laughs> See, I'm going with a classic TV <laughs> reference. I like Columbo Day. Yeah. Yeah. Also, there's also a National Coming Out Day. So, hello, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, and, of course, uh, to Cannon's right is Patrick. Yes, hello. It's Plasma Pat. I will now be um, helping you donate your blood uh, forcibly. To Nicolas Cage. Yes. yes. Right. <laughs> and a special guest on the show that we've talked about for a few weeks now. Mm. It's our good friend, the Ken Logan. The Ken Logan. Happy to be here. Glad to be here. Good, good. Speak our up, first non-Frank guest. No. <laughs> it is our first wow. non-Frank guest. A monumentous guest. occasion. It's yes. going to be hard to follow that up. It's going to be difficult, but I think you can do it. I'll try. <clears throat> so, here we are today to talk about a classic Nicolas Cage meme performance. That's right, we're talking about Nick Cage today. I yep. realize that's uh, that's pretty weird, but here we are. We don't talk about him here. It's really out of character it, for this podcast. It really podcast. is unusual. <laughs> but today we are discussing Vampire's Kiss. Mm-hmm. It was the first time I had seen the movie in probably 10 years. And I think the first time for the rest of you. Correct. Yep. And, uh... Boy, howdy. <laughs> that was a ride, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> so, uh, per usual, let's go around and we'll give our scores and a brief review. Then we'll talk about this batshit insane fever dream of a film. Oh. So, John, what'd you think? Um, honestly, I don't know if... It's the best movie ever made. (laughs) (laughs) Or the worst movie ever made. Uh, No, Holy Mountain was last week. (laughs) Uh, Still smarting over that one. But uh, this movie's like Robert Altman meets David Lynch with the like sprinkle of fucking Looney Tunes. It's wild. Right now, I'm sitting at a three. I can go up or down, depending on my next rewatch, which will probably be probably like After six, this podcast. Six and a half years. Actually, I'm watching it on my phone right now. We're going to find I'm out. I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. We're going to find out live. It stinks. It stinks. Uh, Alrighty, I hate this movie. Fuck it. <laughs> it's nah. like half star, all the way down. All right, um, because I hate change, we're just gonna go with Pat in oh, the normal order. <laughs> well, you went with uh, in an alternate direction for the interviews. Yeah, I mean that's fine, but this is this is the reviews. This is how we do it, <laughs> and I knew it would throw you off and irritate you. So, Pat. Oh no. Don't send you. I'm I'm feeling the vibe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gave the movie a three. I could be uh, persuaded to go a little higher. Um, I should go higher. uh, We'll see. Uh, I will say I had a hoot and a holler. I hee-hawed all the way through. Um, There is just a lot of just unhinged cage energy in it, which I absolutely adore. Uh, there's an also some wild tonal shifts in the film <laughs> yeah. that <laughs> have have my uh, reservations about, but ultimately I did enjoy the film. And also mescaline is a hell of a drug. Isn't it just? Cannon. Yes. What'd you think? Well, I had only heard the legends and um, just all the memes in the world that have come from this movie. Oh. This was definitely a ride. Like, I'm not sure what kind of a trip it was. <laughs> like, a mescaline. <laughs> mm. But, man, the more 
gonna lie, I really liked it. <laughs> like, it. <laughs> oh my god, it is. I believe all the hype now. It is every bit as bananas as I have heard. The his accent, where he doesn't know if he wants to be like a surfer bro or like like a British guy. Like, it's just a toss-up, and Jonathan mentioned it at times. It sounded like he was doing a bad Trump impression. He, he, it, Cage, and he's done this in a couple of his films. He just doesn't know what accent he wants to stick with, so he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Do them all. <laughs> that being Mr. said. Worldwide. That being said, this was my particular brand of bananas tonight for some reason. I don't know why, but... <laughs> Holy shit! I'm going with my heart on this one. I'm I'm give, I've been screaming four the whole time. Oh, <laughs> I'm giving it a four. Nice. <laughs> I am shocked at how much I enjoyed that. Actually, <laughs> holy crap! Ah. All right, Ken, as our guest, what do you think? So I went in this movie completely blind. Didn't even really know about the memes until Justin told me about it. Uh, the first half of the movie was pretty pretty weird you know you go into it and it's just like wow this is some coked out 80s office stuff and you know if you're looking at it from like uh you know 30 years in the future kind of perspective it's kind of like a really weird social commentary on like uh early corporate culture and like how it's like fueled by cocaine and sexism but then it's like someone just was like forget all that let's just put the break on the cra- i mean the brick on the crazy pedal and they just didn't let off for like the entire second half of the movie as long as you don't ask why at any point during the movie and you just take it at face value I think it's pretty great. I loved it. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I mean, you guys know what I'm like. You know what I enjoy. This shit got a four. I loved it. I I loved it when I was younger. I love it now. I laughed. I laughed some more. I cried from laughing. It's so fucking fun. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be, though. That's the bad part. I don't think it is either. It's supposed to be a black comedy. Like, that's how it was made. That's how it was marketed. It was supposed to be fucked up but funny. But... Man. But I don't think it's the funny they were really going for. Yeah, any, any humor that I think they tried to make maybe didn't quite connect or wasn't as funny as just all the unintentional... Nonsense that happened. It's sort of like how Freddy Got Fingers is an unintentional masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Don't worry, you're not the only one. I'm here. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> and you're just leaving them hanging. Oh, man. <laughs> we had a full blown. That was like one of our first like in depth conversations we ever had together. It was about Freddy Got. Yeah, we were both finger. like drunk as tits, <laughs> just talking about that. Just fucking stupid movie. <laughs> That for some reason, my stupid brain is just like, Daddy, would you like some sausage? <laughs> so yes. vampires kiss. Yes. <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. Uh, mm. Too get- bad Tom Hardy wasn't in it because he got them big old lips. He's got them big mm. kissing lips. Are you you guys you guys still hung up on Venom Two? Is that? No, we're just still been up. Slapped. We're just still on Tom Hardy. Like the Tom Hardy train never left the station. Bro. I mean, also, that's fair. If you would, uh, go check out AYCH's feed where we have a uh, oh, for spoiler field review. <laughs> it's not the plugs yet, Pat. Well, I, I, I take my shot when I see it, Jim. Venom Two is like the, these two movies I mentioned, unintentionally fantastic. <laughs> yeah. they, they have a lot of wild, chaotic energy. And if you like how Pat hijacked. Cajun greatness to talk about all you can hear, then perhaps you would enjoy his design shirt on T 
tpublic.com slash user slash Caging Greatness. That's where our merch is. You should go check it out. Yeah, all the people who can see my shirt that I didn't get from T-Pub. I got it from Society6. No, no, the one I made up for you for the merch store where you're putting the AYCH sign over the Caging Greatness logo. To Society6. It's where I got my shirt. It, it, it's the store that for the show, Pat. They're also debuting our Society6 uh because we're moving. Look, I got an email from Society Six saying, "Hey, we got some bucks for you if you just uh, transplant your business." Okay. Well, what's on, going uh, on? Tpublic.com/slash/user/slash/caging/greatness. <laughs> you can find all the merch for the show if you like the show. All two of you. Well, good night, everybody. Yeah, good night. <laughs> there are the plugs. <laughs> and if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, <laughs> the late takes with Tanner. <laughs> Listen to that, too. <laughs> so anyway, Vampire's Kiss is about Nicolas Cage, who is a right bastard. Yes. And 80s corporate greed. Like, think American Psycho, but not a satire, right? <clears throat> and, uh, yeah. Honestly, I think it's more effective as a satire than, like, Wall Street or American Psycho. Yeah, no, probably. I was getting mad. Like, I was just like, wow. Saw American Psycho all over it. Well, at least, like, I feel like it could have been... They could have drawn inspiration from this film, at least and how Patrick Bateman was acting. Well, I mean, actually, I'm, I'm kind of curious now because I don't know when this movie came out in relation to when the book was written. Yeah. I don't forget, American Psycho is a book, and I never read that. I just yeah, I think that came out in the 90s. Yeah. American Psychotropic Drugs. <laughs> yeah, American Psycho was published in 1991, and Vampire's Kiss released in 1989. So yeah. mm. are we saying that Brett Easton Ellis plagiarized the Nicolas Cage movie? No, because it almost certainly didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> but what we are saying is that man is a fucking psycho. <laughs> And we are willing to lie on a podcast. Yes, I mean, I mean, we'll say whatever the hell we want to. It's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's he's crazy, and he gets attacked by a bat, which sexually arouses him. And yes. then he yeah, uh, that happen. yeah it, it's interesting. I thought about it like the whole movie. He starts hallucinating a vampire lady. Because that's the, like or they has he hallucinated? How much of it is in his head? How much is happening? According to interviews, uh, it was all in his head. None of that shit actually happened. None of it? None of it. He was he was crazy the whole time. I mean, did he actually have a job? Yeah, no, like all the vampire shit. None of that was real. Like he was never yeah, a vampire. He was just a homeless well, yeah. man. He just, okay. he just drained up everything. <clears throat> no, he was just. And I wonder, like, if there was a first draft where the bat gave him rabies, <laughs> and he started just hallucinating the vampire shit because he was dying, and if. Spoiler alert, if he hadn't been staked through the stomach at the end, if he would have just died anyway. Yeah, he would have yeah. just, like, overheated and his blood would have, like, evaporated from his body. Yeah. This is what happens when you're on rabies. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. When you're Neat. on the rabies, Pat, are you on the rabies? Don't just look at my mouth right now. Ah! Just, rabies, not even once. Just say no to rabies. And you never paid for rabies, it, not once. It's just a cop, it's like a cop gets down the door, freeze kids, and there's like all these kids holding like a rabid raccoon to their neck. <laughs> Fuck off, pig! <laughs> and you never paid for rabies, not, not once. once. You don't want none of this cage. <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> you don't want none of this raccoon shit. With the oh. rabies and the foam. All right, does anybody know? <laughs> Uh, uh, Shim, do you happen to know anything about why he did his 
accents the way he did. Actually, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, I just want to know anything about the thought process behind this acting. Well, well this is just a mystery of the theater. Because, because evidently the first girl he's trying to hook up with is out. She lives inside a musical theater, like, apartment. Because, like, there's fucking Robin Hood and this, like, Jubilee girl and, like, this mime couple doing this, like... Slap spit bit. Twice. Yeah, slap spit, like, just, like, domestic violence, like, performance mm. on the stoop. Like, almost on the nose two times. Yep. Identical each time. Okay, so I've got some IMDb trivia. Okay. So, you know, it could be dubious. Yeah. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> it's the Wikipedia movies. Uh, he did, in fact, eat that cockroach. Oh, yeah. I, wow. That, I knew that was real. Commitment. And regretted it immediately. <laughs> he looked like it. And also got a number of calls from animal rights activists, which he then dissuaded by saying, have you never used a can of Raid in your home? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> check me. <laughs> so I copy the Bible. The check me, atheist. The second bit of trivia on here says Christian Bale used that performance as inspiration for Patrick Bateman. Yeah, I, I, I was getting it. I feel it in my heart. Uh, something I think we probably all noticed is that when he's going through the club doing those weird jerky movements, that was just straight up Nosferatu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a great bit how he just sort of like became more animated in his appearance, like just like hiking his shoulder up, tucking his neck in and trying to be Count Orlock from Nosferatu. <laughs> okay. I found this about the accent. Yeah. I don't know if it's true. I want it to be true. Okay. The accent is supposed to be a fake accent that the character uses to sound smarter and more elegant, which is why it fades in and out through the movie. Which would make sense. Yeah. Also, in a 2018 or a 2018 GQ interview, Cage stated that this is the favorite movie of his that he's I made. I mean, he went all the way yeah, off. He went hard. Or a favorite. This is the favorite movie he has made. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, hmm. uh, also apparently uh, in a earlier version of the script that Judd Nielsen was considered to, to play uh, Nicolas Cage's character. Hmm. Really? Huh. Interesting. I'm a long way from the breakfast club. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, he uh, he said this is it's his favorite films that he's been in, and there are several scenes that were cut that the director and Cage both think would have been great to include. Oh, God. I hope I, it's just 20 more minutes of him walking through a club like Nosferatu. I would absolutely love a director's cut of this film. Oh, yeah. That'd I be great. Give it. us the Cage cut, <laughs> you cowards. <laughs> Stallone was considered for the lead role. That could have been really interesting. Hmm. That was, yeah, now I want to see that movie. <laughs> huh. Give us, rock, give us the Rocky cut of Vampire's Kiss. In an alternate universe, Nicolas Cage is Rocky. <laughs> Apparently, Travolta Adrian. was considered for it, too. Who? Travolta. Travolta. Huh? Now, I will say there were definitely some moments in, in his sort of out, outburst that he kind of slipped into a Travolta voice, especially like hairspray Travolta when he's doing like a, mid, like a Midwest accent. Yeah, it's, Baltimorean. Let's see. I found some more stuff. Uh, da, 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 da. Somebody else talk about your favorite scene so there's no dead air. Oh, my favorite scene is oh. every time um, Nick Cage was on screen uh, acting like <laughs> he was just... Seen. 
uh, straight out of the loony bin. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. So basically the whole movie. <laughs> yes, the whole movie. Like this, granted, I don't think this is a good performance, but I think it's also a brilliant performance. Like, you can't say he didn't put 100% <laughs> yeah. into it. Well, according, according to Cage, uh, he always saw this movie as a story of a man whose loneliness and inability to find love literally drives him insane. Yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, yeah. That works for and the story they were trying to tell. It does. He gradually gets just like loonier and loonier and it works out yeah uh, I guess like how they told the story is like maybe uh, what caused the hit or miss with a certain audience because I I can only imagine what it had been like to watch this movie when it came out and just be like fucking washed over by all the choices made in this movie (laughs) I I don't know if a 1980s audience because I don't know if it's (laughs) in a a certain way of today's audience because like Stand what happened, but I it was uh, like, like I said earlier at the top of the show, it was just like amazing to watch because I was not expecting for the, like this portion of like Cage's career for him to just go so far into the paint with like his what we know, like his signature ability to just like be a raving madman, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, uh, and something I don't know if I like or hate is a lot of like character study dramas of like the 70s feel like very aimless like new Hollywood stuff and and, and depending on who you know what movie it is it what you know varies in quality but like there, there's just kind of this through most of the movie it kind of is just is very like even kill even though there's like Nick Cage being all crazy and stuff it, it kind of feels like a bunch of like I don't want to say disconnected scenes, but it was just like, it was kind of hard to see the structure of it. It, it just kind of feel like it's just like a progression of events. Yeah. Not necessarily like, oh, there's like a point they're trying to reach. Like, oh, this is the goal. This is the end. Because I would say for the first maybe half of the movie, there's kind of like a pattern. Like he has a nightlife. You know, he gets involved with the vampire, goes to work the next day and just berates this, this one employee and then that kind of repeats. And then after a point, there's like an escalation in his behavior where yeah. he starts to really exacerbate like his like <clears throat> terror of this one office woman. It, Alba. It's just like the, it's more of like a spiral down. And then like after a, that, if he really sort of like starts to dis- disintegrate and accelerated pace. Yeah. Yeah, it's because <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, there's several scenes that were removed. I think they would have more clearly spelled out that none of the vampire stuff was actually real. It was just that character going insane because, you know, he had the, the marks on his neck, but you see him cut himself shaving, which explains it. You know, the bat being there messing him up. That's well, that's where the vampire shit comes from. And he's just losing his mind. Uh, <clears throat> Cage actually dropped out of the film. See the, the original writer uh, uh, writers were, together and then they were not together and so they're having trouble so the guy who convinced him to star in it was going to direct it and then that guy left and Cage was like well that's not what I signed up for and he left too but he was like I love this role I really want to do this role so they're shopping around for other people they get word that he's regretted dropping out so they go find him like hey, we still need somebody you want to do it he's like yeah Scott please and so he got paid 40000 for the movie oh, wow. 40000 which is not a lot uh, in 1989 money Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's wow. quite a cut to make, you know, especially. And, I mean, 
even back in the day. But I, yeah. it was just showed like how much he appreciated the film, and the, like you know, there's definitely a, <laughs> there's definitely a charm to it. <laughs> you know, you touched on there being like certain things that alluded to him not actually being a vampire at a certain point. Um, when you mentioned mescaline, I had to look that up. It's actually uh, peyote. I wonder uh-huh. if like he, that was actually being used at any point, like fueling his descent into madness, just like because he seems like he's like waking up. He's like, where am I? Oh my gosh! And then he just. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that, that could have thought. been a little nugget of truth that slipped through or, or part of the deleted scenes. Oh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> the director did not enjoy working with him. <laughs> <laughs> the quote is, I was always infuriated with him, but also thought he was completely brilliant. Hmm? Because things like eating the cockroach. He was just supposed to suck down a raw egg. He was like, no, I'm afraid of cockroaches. Let me eat one. <laughs> and they're like, what? And like, I'm afraid of cockroaches. And it calls back to Renfield and Dracula eating bugs. Let me eat a cockroach. Oh, man. And so he did. Yeah. Munch, munch, crunch, crunch. Yeah. Munch, munch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> yeah, Cage like, is like galaxy brains <laughs> through this whole goddamn movie. Because, like, you don't see, like, you see him, like, munch down on it, and he, like, violently shakes his head, and he goes out of frame. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was legit his reaction. As yeah. you said earlier, he hated every minute of it. And it's... And all, ah, like just went away. The doctor they consulted said, yeah, if he does that, it's fine. Just have him drink a shot of vodka afterwards. Alcohol will kill anything in there. Yeah. And so he did it twice. There were two takes of that. He ate the thing live both times. He ate two cockroaches. So live, like, wriggly cockroaches. Were they like... Did they find them on the street? Were they stunt cockroaches? <laughs> yeah, like, like, like the like, they, were they just cockroaches. breed cockroaches. They had an audition <laughs> process. Uh, apparently, he remained in character off camera. Shocking. He went, he went method the whole time. Oh, I'm not surprised there. Uh, he was always by himself and he was listening to weird chanting music. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, I, okay. <laughs> I definitely appreciate uh, method to an extent and I feel like him isolated himself, you know, that would definitely increase to the feeling of Separation and loneliness he, the character was feeling throughout the film. The ending scene when he's finally lost his mind after killing that poor woman at the club and he's walking around the streets with a stake saying, please, someone kill me. Those weren't extras. I'm, really? You know I what? No I, I, I kind of figured it was just real people he was yeah. going up to. Yeah, no, oh, all of those man. people were real people. And I, I, also, I, I kind of feel like how nonplussed they were. It was like, yeah, it's New York. Because it's just raving like madmen and like talking about vampires. My, I immediately went to my head went to Jackass when that scene happened when he was going up to people like, oh, "Help me, please, kill me, kill me!" He's like, get away from me, fucker! It was just like that. That could easily have been like Chris Pontius or something, just fucking with somebody. <laughs> it turns out Vampire Kiss not only inspired uh, American Psycho but also inspired Jackass. You know what? It's all a circle. Uh, the, the movie was barely financed by the screenwriter and director's parents. And at one point, Nicolas Cage cost them 10 grand because in one scene that was the best scene, he hummed Stravinsky, which was still under copyright at the time from the Stravinsky estate. Uh, that cost him 10 grand. And they couldn't just edit that out or get a new shot. No. Also, Pay he did, me, bitch. He, uh, Nicolas Cage also did not like Jennifer Beals, you know, the vampire lady. Okay. Did not like her. Did not mm. like her performance. Hated every second of being around her. Okay. I can't see it. Yeah, at the time, he wanted that role to go to his girlfriend, who was Patricia Arquette. I wonder oh, why. Yeah. I forgot they were together. Yeah. 
I mean, I will say in his defense of her performance, every scene, at least in the bedroom, when she was biting his neck, for some reason, uh, she went uh, full Tommy Wiseau and just started, like, humping his belly. Did y'all notice that? Yeah. He's, like, dry humping his fucking gut <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> now, I've I've never heard that. I'm scrolling as we're going, and this is getting crazier and crazier. Oh, I, I just man. want to read this quote to you. Okay. To get turned on, Nick asked to have hot yogurt poured over his toes while he was doing love scenes with Jennifer Beals. Hot yogurt? Wait. No, uh, yep. Come again. Interesting <laughs> if true. I'm, this I'm, is true. This is from an interview with the director. Uh, to get turned on, Nick asked to have hot yogurt poured over his toes while he was doing love scenes with Jennifer. Man, yeah, I think Nick was that's very specific, and that's why they say if you look at the shot, you can't see his feet. Really? Oh, well, because because nobody, nobody wanted Tarantino. How do you go from wax yogurt? If if you heat yogurt, it's just going to separate. It's going to be like you see, you put the yogurt, you take the container, and you put it in a bowl of hot water. Yeah, there you go. Problem uh, solved. So when the bat <laughs> comes into the window, yeah. He got furious. He wanted a real bat, not a mechanical bat, which that obviously was. Yes. And so they were trying to explain to him, like, uh, Nicholas, uh, real bats have rabies and shit. Can't control them. And yeah, this is not going to work. Not going to work. So it has to be real, goddammit. I'll go out to the Belfries myself. <laughs> he did actually find out that you can FedEx bats from Mexico. And the director shut that shit down immediately. Like, Nicholas, we're not bringing in bats from Mexico. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Man. But aren't, like, aren't fake bat shots just the best? Oh, yeah. The, the way, and, and Katie was only 23 in this movie. Really? Uh, but I knew he was a, a young gun. I didn't really do that young. His hairline yeah. was 37. Uh, the director finally persuaded him that if a real bat showed up and Nick got rabies and died, the movie wouldn't be finished. And so Cage just sort of like kicked imaginary rocks. Okay. <laughs> it's like, hmm, touche. He, he is a crazy person. Yep. Uh, absolutely crazy person. But you, know, but you know what? God bless him. Because that's why if he, if he wasn't crazy, we wouldn't have a show right now. That is very true. There was a point, I think you guys remember, uh, when the script called for him to cry, he challenged himself. This was his choice to physically say the words boo-hoo. Which the subtitle said boo-hoo. He was saying boo-hoo. Yeah. yeah. That was his choice. Yeah. To do that. And and just, God, the, the misfiling scene where he's just flinging his head around. A, B, C, D. The whole alphabet. Oh, my God. Uh, like, oh. He choreographed that scene in his hotel room, like, extensively. <laughs> like, every single moment he, he came up with, and it was chosen on purpose. Yeah, like, like he's just like in a broom closet. You just hear him like stomping around and saying he's muffled. It's like I felt like that moment when he put his hands around his waist like his fingies almost wrapped around his entire waist. It was like just weird <laughs> fingy bands over his belly. I mean, like he went full um, Max Greck and just got the really long fingies when he was like in full <laughs> Nosferatu mode. He did show up to the first day on set with a pencil-thin mustache. They told him to shave that shit. It's like, listen here, John Waters. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the accent thing, that is correct. Uh, it was a decision that his character would try to sound hoity-toity by sounding weirdly, vaguely, kind of, if you squint your ears, somehow British. 
I uh, mean, I mean, it fits. Yeah, I, that was kind of what I was thinking. Like during the producers and director did not enjoy it. They were horrified at the word. <laughs> oh, oh, I can imagine just seeing Nick Cage like act like a literal crazy person, and they're like, <clears throat> "This movie is ruined." But uh, <laughs> the, uh, they did say though, uh, like the the producer confronted the, the director about it. And they said, like, Nick and I have been working on this a lot. We chose this because if you did this role totally straight, the character is so hateful, it would be entirely unwatchable. Yeah, because, like, yeah, he's a, a, a bastard, and him acting like a Looney Tune character kind of helps soften the fact that he's a monstrously abusive and stalking and just like otherwise hateful to the, the office worker Alva. Like, it's... Yeah. yeah if, 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 if they played it straight, it would be so... Un- I mean, it's still uncomfortable to watch, but just, like, the fact that we have, like, these protracted sequences of him acting like a cartoon character helps kind of, like, make the bitter pill easier to swallow. Yeah, and I, I think I agree with that decision, because, like, part of me is, like, because he is so Looney Tunes, like... There is, like, you could do this story, like, played straight and get a lot of emotional pathos out of it. But at the same time, we wouldn't have this. It would not be as memorable. Yeah. And, and reviews at the time, they they said that he was being lazy with his acting. They said it was intentionally bad, which, you know, obviously we know, especially now, none of that shit is true. Like... It wasn't a lazy choice. It was a choice. Yeah. But it wasn't a lazy choice. Like, his whole ass into making this movie. Yeah. And it just, uh, people just didn't understand the, the cinema behind the page. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, is like, there were, cho- like, I'm like, those are choices, and I probably would not make 90% of them if I was an actor. But. So yeah, the movie flopped. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I need to tell anybody that the movie did not do well. <laughs> what? For two reasons. One, critics hated it. Like I said, they thought it was lazy. It stinks. Incoherently bad was one of the reviews. Also, it did have an unfortunate release date, which was the same day as Michael Keaton's Batman. Oh no! Oh, uh, that would do it. Yeah, that would do it. Yeah. So, because it got delayed. Quite a bit because they kept re-editing it. Like, so there's so many scenes that should have been still in there. The director's cut. You know, give us the cage cut of Vampire's Kiss, you cowards. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so it ended up being released the same day as Batman. And the producers went around to various theaters in New York where they were to see if anybody was in there. And there was no, there were empty theaters, completely empty. Nobody in there. Because everybody's watching Batman. What are you going to do? But there's a bad in our movie. That is one of the quotes the in, this, in, in this article. Yeah. There's a bad in our movie. No. Uh, yeah. but, like, that's like the thing coming uh, coming to theaters two weeks after E.T. Yeah. It's just sometimes, sometimes things don't work out well. Yeah. And just some shit that's just out of your control, which has to be frustrating, especially with movies, because they are just so fucking hard to make. Yeah. You, you put your heart and soul into this one project, and then it's just like, Batman! <laughs> and imagine just considering, like, just the emotional labor, probably physical labor, that went into making this film. All oh, yeah. the, like, bananas, wackadoo bullshit. And then he's like, finally, this fucking movie is done. It's <laughs> over. We can put it out. God fucking damn it, Batman. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this movie's going to be a success. And then Batman just shows up and says, nah, 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 nah. 
Or do you? No, 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 But I mean, honestly, I don't think if it didn't come out, I, I just think the Batman aspect of this exacerbated the problem. It probably wouldn't have done much better. Or do you think some people uh, in the uh, executive office were still under the impression they were like, oh, Mr. Mom's playing Batman? Oh, don't worry. Nobody's going to go see that. I mean, that is entirely possible. Keaton did not have uh, glowing endorsements going into Batman. Oh, I could. I, I, could I say that as someone who has recently purchased Mr. Mom on Blu-ray. I yeah. found it at Target. I like Mr. Mom. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> but I mean, at, at the time, Keaton was known for comedy. Like, yeah. Mr. Mom, Multiplicity, Beetlejuice. Like, yeah. he's going to be Batman? That's stupid. Well, Which is well, weird like, because... Bruce Willis was known for comedies before Die Hard. Yeah, mm. yeah. but I mean, like, the Keaton thing, so, like, analysts didn't think it was going to do well. Yeah. And then it did crazy good. Good thing that no Batman casting has ever been second-guessed since. I'm glad everyone yeah. learned their lesson. <laughs> Second-guessing Batman castings. Characters. Well, I'll also say that we've had some, some nice sort of surprises from Batman casting. So I would say the, the Batman casting are consistently underrated and... They have some nice surprises. Yeah, I'm mean, like, thank God no one said Heath Ledger. He'll be terrible. <laughs> That'd be silly. Absolutely no one said that. No, no one said Absolutely that at all, did they, no. kid? No. No, no one ever no, said that. not a single person. Everyone no. was so excited for that when they heard that. Yeah, they thought it was going to be the best idea ever. <sighs> so, yeah, Batman. This If this movie had been released, like, in the past two years... It would have been a smash hit. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I believe that, actually. As part of the cage assaults. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah. <clears throat> like, what if he remakes this, like, shot for shot? To, <laughs> that would be <laughs> just for shits and gigs. I, I don't know if he has it in him to do some of the stuff. I think he does. Uh, Here's what I would watch. It would definitely be a different energy. What if he turns this into a one-man show and just redoes the movie himself? Like he plays every character. plays every character, narrates the shit, just does it all himself. Let's start the Kickstarter now. Yeah, I would. I would watch the shit. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Be like the Patrick Stewart doing that Christmas Carol one man play all by himself. Is fantastic. Do it. That sounds incredible. Well, that's why we got the 1999 version of the Christmas Carol, funded by TNT with Patrick Stewart. Oh, how about it's that? Because of his one man show. Yeah, oh. it was apparently oh. very good. I had also, no idea. if you want to hear more about the, <laughs> the Christmas Carol, <laughs> <laughs> check out the AYCH feed where Jimmy uh, last Christmas counted down his favorite uh, and least favorite Christmas Carol adaptations. Yep, that is a thing that I was on. It yeah. was good. It's good. Spoiler alert, that one with Guy Pierce is the one I hated the most. Don't watch that shit. No, was that was that obviously point. your favorite. That episode was just a vehicle to get to the point where you can talk about how much you hated the Guy Pierce. I mean, that was kind of the point, yeah. I wanted it was, it to warn people. Naked. I would say it was stripped bare, but back and ball showing. <laughs> but back fucking, and ball showing. fucking hate that version. It makes me angry. It's bad. <laughs> it's upsetting. <sighs> God. So a lot of fun '80s faces in this movie, oh, like yeah. like two of them. Uh, the first lady that he Cage goes on a date with is from Hard Target, a movie that we watched. Uh, check back the Cajun Greatness feed for our Jean Claude Van Damme special. You want to yeah, hear that? that? <laughs> she was also in Silence of the Lambs, right? Was she? Uh, I can see it. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I didn't check that one. Uh, also, the poor secretary who gets just <laughs> destroyed by Nicolas Cage. Uh, she was also in my one of my favorite Schwarzenegger movies. Uh, without Conan the Barbarian, it is my favorite. It is The Running Man. She was one of the characters in that. Great film. 
which we will talk about someday in our Schwarzenegger retrospective. Since we've done Van Damme, we've done Lundgren. <laughs> we get to Justin's choice. Guess what? Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I, and yes, she was in Silence of the Lambs. That's nice. You know, for for three relatively high-profile movies, two of which were actually successful, she hadn't been in a lot uh, much else, has she? It, well, she was Candyman and uh, some other movies. Look like maybe like a Spike Lee joint. Oh. You know, she, she might have, she might have just wanted to do, get her pill and she uh, she moved on to better things. Yeah, possible. Same thing Rick Moranis did. Yep. Yeah, yeah, she only did about a handful of movies outside of those four. Huh. Fair enough. When you, when you do four, you don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Or you just come back 30 years later in a commercial with Ryan Reynolds, yeah. like Rick Moranis did. <laughs> well, I mean, like, honestly, probably the royalties from Silence of the Lambs alone be enough to... Get, get probably a nice little yeah, check you get it every week. And, you know, Rick, Rick Moranis quit acting to, uh, to, to raise his kids when his wife died, so... Yeah. Yeah. You know. And then some fuckwad punched him in the face last year. Yeah, what the Who fuck, punched him man? In the face? Some random dude punched him in the face in New York. Why? Yeah, there was cam footage of it. Huh? No, just because. It's crazy. Just, threw, just wow. walked by him, threw hands. Huh. Just Most hated man in the world for about three days. Yeah. Oh, which is imagine. impressive, considering. They got him, didn't they? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, they yeah. got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm Bastard. Yes. If you're listening to this guy who punched Rick Moranis, you're a dick. <laughs> it's on site. <laughs> on site, motherfucker. Straight shooting. Pew, pew. pew, 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 pew. Like, we, we, I don't even know. <laughs> not, not, not actual guns. I've got guns. my broken pallet, and I'm ready to stab you right in the gut. <laughs> That's right. We're going to get a stake, and we're going to stab because you're a vampire who punched Rick Moranis. That's right. Mm. The yeah. guy who punched Rick Moranis, you're going on the official Cajun Greatness bounty list, right? <laughs> Over there. Yes. Nick Patrick Cain. is definitely pointing to a bounty list, not the empty air next to where we're hey, recording. Jimmy, I don't appreciate you breaking kayfabe. It's like Steve. I'm not breaking kayfabe. I was saying you're definitely pointing to a list. That's, that's, definitely, that's, a, very, that's a very pointed statement you're making right now. It's absolutely right there. It's not just imaginary like a vampire lady. Nick Cage is a vampire, but, but it, the, the world is a vampire. The world isn't a vampire. The world isn't round. The world isn't flat. It's just fucked. What, what mean, if, what on that wrong. depressing note. <laughs> All right. What if the real vampire was the friends we made along the way? <laughs> oh. What if the real vampire was climate change? <laughs> like you're talking about the bounty list is like Steve Buscemi from Billy Madison? Yes. It's like Billy yeah. Madison's name is crossed off on the list. I was just making sure. Yeah, because we got that bastard. <laughs> oh, no! Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, Ken, as, as a first-time participant uh-huh. in the KG Greatness, um, I do have to ask, uh, what, what has been your uh, experience thus far? Uh, with the movie or with the podcast as a whole? You know, yes. wh- whatever you're feeling right now. Yes. Uh, with the movie? Uh, it was a fever dream. I feel like... Uh, this or the show? Both, yes. really. Um, you go into the movie, and not not to spoil much for people, but within the first we five minutes... We spoil everything. It's fine. You no, get no. to see uh, Nicolas Cage suck a, a nipple. And that's not something that I was ready for. Yeah, no, there are boobs in You this. really got to like yeah. prepare yourself mentally to see that. And they just throw you right in. I just really think it set the tone for the movie. Yeah. All done. Had a great time. That's good. That's good. <laughs> 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 well, thank you for your time. <laughs> and without further ado, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> good night. Brian Danielson. Bang. <laughs> Also, that's Wenzel's favorite new bit now. Yeah. <laughs> he loves it. Oh, that's great. 
Uh, so how about dynamite being moved for the next? You know, a friend of ours, Jeremy, he texted me not 20 minutes ago, said, hey, I cleared my schedule. I'm going to come watch wrestling with you guys this Wednesday like y'all keep asking me to do. And I'm like, well, either you don't know and the universe hates you or you're just being a shithead. But there's no wrestling on Wednesday. It's been moved to Saturday. He's like, well, shit, what about the next week? My schedule's clear. I'm like, look, motherfucker. I think you're just fucking with me at this point. Uh, but no, he was he was genuinely sad. See, I thought you were going to say, um, when, when he texted you, hey, keep it fucking down. You're a lot of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. People aren't supposed to know the Dynamite's on Saturday now. Fucking just calm down. Y'all are just giving it away for free as loud as you're fucking yelling. <laughs> oh, I, that, one, that one scene in the film where, I mean, granted, he, he uh, berates this one employee several times in this movie. Yeah. But the one time where his eyes just get gradually just wider and wider, where I feel like this may have been the inspiration for the Ghost Rider. I mean, it was definitely that one meme that everybody likes to post. I will say, as as ridiculous as that moment is and how mimetic it is, I did think it was kind of interesting how he did have this physical transformation, how he's just getting, like, more and more, like, physically exaggerated as he's, like, trying to intimidate this poor woman. And I was like, you know what? I know this probably isn't classically good, but, like... I still think it's kind of impressive just the fact that how he's able to have this huge exaggerated expression and kind of like slowly morph back to normal. Yeah, I mean, he he was going for crazy and intimidating, and by God, it worked. Yeah, like pretty scary. When he jumped on that table, like if we hadn't been laughing the whole time, knowing (laughs) that this is a meme-worthy cage, like that shit would be scary. Yeah, if he just like he's coming to the pat. Where's the contract? And he just jumps on the fucking table and starts running after you? I'd pee my pants. And then I pull my fucking like, Saturday Night Special out of my purse and be like, what's good, motherfucker? Yeah. <laughs> Except it's loaded with blanks because that's going to help. I mean, all you got as big as that fucking going, you could have knocked the knot in his head. That thing is like 95 pounds. Yeah, no, that was definitely a hefty piece. And you know what this movie also reminded me of? It reminded me of a, even though what you're led to believe, what you're led to believe this movie could be at one point, even though it's all in his head. Um, it reminded me of like a darker version of once bitten. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely got that vibe. It also reminded me, well, not like it, it reminded me in sort of like a, a reverse order of bits of vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy. Bless you. I never saw that one. Really? It's yeah. terrible. Because <laughs> uh, backstory on that movie, was didn't like Eddie Murphy, wasn't he like tired of playing comedic roles and he was like intentionally trying to make that movie serious? Yes. he Despite wanted, just like the absurd concept. He wanted to be a villain. There's nothing funny in the movie. Everybody like was like, oh, Eddie Murphy is a vampire in Brooklyn. That looks like it'll be fun. And then it wasn't. And it did not do well. Like, it, it bombed so fucking hard, which led to the joke that David Spade make, uh, made on Weekend Update, uh, where he, he shows a picture of Eddie Murphy. He says, look, kids, a falling star. Make a wish. <laughs> which led to Eddie Murphy being mad for 30 years. Because Eddie Murphy's a thin-skinned bitch. I saw that Watch Mojo video today, too. Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> Isn't it weird how Chris Kattan hates everybody and everybody hates Chris Kattan? Everybody hates Chris Kattan. Because <laughs> Kattan kind of sucks. Yeah. 
except for his brilliant performance in Corky Romano. Oh, God. <laughs> Much like Nicolas Cage, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. How did he throw up again exactly, Pat? <laughs> oh, it was hardcore. See, I, I love how he would just, like, have, like, just, <laughs> like, emotional scene and, and me to go, <laughs> just, it's like, just a desperate, heaving puke. It's and several. It's like he's talking to his fake imaginary <laughs> girlfriend who he just met 10 minutes ago in his head. It's like, oh, he's just like, <laughs> it's just horrible. Uh, like he's, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> and also, if you're just joining us or not familiar with the Cajun Greatness canon, uh, Patrick, oh, yeah, if you're not familiar, yeah. yeah. Oh, that, uh, apropos. <laughs> uh, Patrick, Patrick, uh, we have found out he, it really amuses him when uh, something like <laughs> happens. <laughs> yeah, no, just like just the the, the gross the dry heaving sound makes Patrick laugh. And, and when Cage did it, I thought Pat was going to pee his pants. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we not, we might need to check him. He's probably full of pee pee right now. Yeah, pee pee pants. I mean, Pat with, after hey, Bobby Fish and AW, you're very welcome to pat me down. <laughs> I mean, because you pooped your pants when Bobby Fish showed up in AEW. Yeah. Now you pee in your pants because Nicholas Cage could hit. You know, it's. <laughs> I made him laugh does with it, one. Does this mean you're going to constantly be in a state of a full diaper since Bobby Fish is hey, now look, in AEW? <laughs> listen here now. This is a full diaper household. <laughs> if you don't make boom boom and pee pee at least once while you're here. <laughs> You're not oh, allowed shit, to guys. come back. I, I better get busy. Look, <laughs> I just look over to Ken, and Ken just has like the thousand yard stand. Like, before, <laughs> see you guys next time. Before, before Pat finally got Ken with laughter, he's just like, "Oh no, what have I done?" He's just staring off. Scared the shit out of me with that shit today. Oh my god! For reference, Ken made a, a Snapchat video where th that song's playing, and then right at the end, he screams. <laughs> I roll up to Foster's, and that song legit starts playing on the on the alt station, and I'm just like letting it play, and I'm slowly zooming into my face, and like I just let it go, let it go, and then I just go. <laughs> and apparently, Jonathan shit their pants because <laughs> I, I was just chilling at work. I'm like, oh, I got a Snapchat from Ken. These are usually funny. And, and, I, and, and the thing is, it goes on for like two minutes. <laughs> it wasn't that long. It, it, it felt like two minutes. It was. It, I mean, it was. It, it just zooming in. It was just, and, and then just made that ungodly like. <laughs> So you late 90s jump scared poor John? I did. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. like it was just straight up. Like, Why do you think I didn't send it to you? I appreciate that. <laughs> I would have pooped. No, it probably would have got you. I would have pooped immediately. Just all over my chair. Like I literally, I checked your name in the box, but I was like, wait. I probably shouldn't without warning. <laughs> that was legitimately very kind of you, and I appreciate it. <laughs> it just would have got a Yelp review. It's like, hey, this comic book guy, he shit his pants in front of me. It's like, you'll be the question. Oh, just no. wait one second. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, we have that book. It's like, no, we can. <laughs> I just throw the phone and hit the customer in the face. <laughs> you inadvertently get him charged with like assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, God. Just go full Naomi Campbell and toss the phone. That's right. I referenced model Naomi Campbell who got in trouble for throwing her phone in somebody's face. Yeah, Justin always with the phone faces. Very timely, I know. 
<laughs> Look, I'm sorry. I have a really good memory, and I read a lot of random bullshit because I get a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I too am addicted we, we to Reddit. Need, we need current events of <laughs> people being assaulted by cellular devices. Okay, well, I mean, Kiefer Sutherland did it once, and Russell Crowe too. A lot of phone being thrown around, y'all. I'm no, not sure how like I'm not sure how recent it was, but there was like a show where Tom Morello was uh, playing guitar and a fan. He, they had a bunch of fans on stage. Guy was like trying to film him and Tom Morello playing, and then Tom Morello stops playing, grabs his phone, and fucking launches into the crowd. Huh. Well, fuck you. You can't do what you tell me. Yeah, I was just like, it's <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, man. What, I, I know you like Rage Against Machines, but why'd you have to rage against my phone so hard? Damn. It's a machine. <laughs> that, that's it's just machine. rude. <laughs> Gotta rage. <laughs> like, you don't even sound upset. You're just like, man, I'm disappointed. <laughs> like, like, you know, Tom chucks your phone at a concert. That's that's kind of a badass story. Like, it's almost worth it, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Suppose. It's even better when someone in the audience caught it and gave it back to them. And you've got video of the whole thing. That'd the, be great. The, the, phone, the phone that was on the whole time. <laughs> That would actually be really cool. So, oh my God, have you guys heard that fanboys are mad about two different things today? Uh, today? What two things? No. Just Wait, today. fanboys. You know the the comic book crowd about oh, about oh, oh I have a, being I bisexual. Yeah. That's one. Yeah, and it's it's the same reaction as when Miles Morales became a thing. Like you can't kill Spider Man and replace him with a black Latino. Like well, they're not. This is an ultimate universe spider. It's a different version. It's yeah. multiverse. Peter Parker's still alive. The one you've been reading. This yeah. is a new. Same thing. It's like Superman loves Lois Lane, not Lewis Lane. I'm like you, stupid motherfucker. This is <laughs> Lois Lane's child. What's like? Have you not paid attention to anything going on? Uh, people are dumb. The other thing is more recent. They have announced the casting for Guardians of the Galaxy three character Adam Warlock. I did see that. Yes, and it is Will Poulter. What's he in? He was in uh, uh, the what is it? We're the Millers. The yeah. Th- yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, he was the awkward Poulter. kid in We're the Millers. Yeah, he was gonna be Pennywise. Oh, is he the guy who's like, hey, you guys are getting paid? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That- yeah. <coughs> huh? Well, you know, he's getting paid for real. He sure is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, which like, I was uh, for Adam Warlock. I mean, all right. How old is he now? Uh, God, mid late twenties, I think. Yeah. See, the yeah. last thing I remember him in was Midsummer. Yeah. Uh, he you know, he was in Narnia. He was, was he? in the Voyage of the Down Treader. Oh, oh, the one that no one watched. Yeah. I watched it. God damn it, that was my favorite Narnia book, and they just fucked it up. Oh, it's wow. really disappointing. It was a really good book. He was also in Bandersnatch. Yeah. Yeah. He was in Bandersnatch. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, no, he's gonna be Adam Warlock, and I'm excited because he's a great actor. Well, I'm willing to give him a shake. I don't know why why everybody mad about shit before they even get to play their role. Well, thank God 1989's Batman (laughs) casting taught us that lesson. Mr. Mom! (laughs) There's one thing we learned. The American public will not repeat the same mistake twice. Nope, never. Never. Never in a million years. If I know anything about American history is that we always learn from our mistakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We do. That's why we're the greatest country in the world. If there's anything I've Mm. learned about American history, X. And I'm proud to be oh, American, where at least I'm free. Yeah. Can't uh, sing about America on a podcast. That's oh, there was a lot of nine, oh, no, Twin Tower shots in the movie. There were so yeah. many Twin Tower yeah. shots. 9-11, never forget. They made sure we couldn't. didn't forget. Yeah, Even no, if it's right, we yeah. couldn't. Uh, also, uh, speaking how of, dare you movie from 1988? <laughs> Fuck! How could you not proceed? <laughs> they have, how could no. you not proceed? Why did they warn us first and foremost? Uh, <laughs> not only 
like they they did you know the, they even forgot about the little one that happened before. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was yeah. There's another Bobby before that. Uh, but I was I was going to say uh, speaking of traumatic events um, and, and not uh, having the decency to anticipate future trauma is when Nicholas Cage just goes full Orlock and it's like <laughs> skulking through the discotheque and how like everybody in that building is like asses to elbows. That's like you know what in a COVID era this is extremely anxiety. Nobody's yeah. wearing a mask yeah. in there. No, Why? Like, it's it's going to be really interesting to see over the next uh, minimum decade how bad the PTSD from like half of the people in the world is going to be for giant crowds. Like, cause you know, half of these fucking morons don't care. Like, yeah, let's do it. Fine. Fuck it. And they end up in the ER. They don't know why. Uh, but like some of us who have been trying to not die, you know, seeing a crowd like that, just face to fucking face to face to face to face. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> it made me nervous watching it. It's like, that, ooh. well, I mean, yeah. and even, even, they get about Corona. It's like, man, y'all giving everybody your own cooties. Everybody got everybody else's. It's cooties. like it's like everybody just breathe breathing the same hot air, mm-hmm. and you know it's just like sweat and like it's like they farts. Didn't. Like that place probably smells like a dump. It's like they oh, forgot bro. the cootie era pandemic of 1988. Yeah, you know how could we forget? So it's like never forget. Never we forgot forget. that. If they would have made a poster on the Twin Towers, nobody would have forgot about it. Yep. Mm. I, can't, I can't believe there, there are so many anti-vaxxers. I mean, it's just literally circle, circle, dot, dot. You got your cutie shot. But no, <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> oh, that's some memories. Yep. I actually went to a concert not too long ago, and it, everyone was packed in there. Um, but they actually were making us show vaccine cards at the door, so I thought that that was a nice compromise. You know, I'm still letting us be debaucherous hood rats, but, mm-hmm. you know, well, be safe about it. As much as you can be safe in a Lorna Shore mosh pit. Yeah, that's that what they're doing. <laughs> the concert tomorrow. And, yeah. and as Ken resets his nose from the mosh pit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I did legitimately get a concussion on one of the last ones I went to. I got kicked in the side, or hit, I'm not sure, but I got kicked in the back of the head. What show was that? That was Carnifex in Nashville. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, that was a good one. You've gotten a lot of strange injuries since I've known you. Yeah, I've got tinnitus now. My ears never stop ringing. Yeah, Yeah. that's excellent. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that's why you should always wear earplugs. Yeah, kids, always wear your earplugs. It's like that time you broke your back from running. Uh, running with pulled muscle on my back, but yes, it was running. He he broke his he broke his spine. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I am the peak of human athleticism. Just think Absolutely, like yes, no, that's very clear. Steve Rogers when I was twelve, maybe. Yeah, I thought Miro was in here a minute ago. I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah, lie. it's incredible. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I'm one of the only people who's ever broken their back from a, a non-impact related accident. Yeah, he pulled a muscle in his back, mm. and then he ran funny playing basketball poorly. Mm. which cracked his spine on both sides. I did the same thing to both sides, kept running. It was like, you know, it's probably not a good thing that I can't stand up without excruciating pain. Maybe you should go get this checked out. See, like when they, when they saw him leaning the 90 degree angle, they thought that was just his style. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, that's, how, that's how we did it back in 2010. That was the style back then. Sure was. Damn kids. It's all about mm. hard angles. All about hard angles. <laughs> Acute angles, obtuse now. What is this? 2004? <laughs> no, the only real angle is right. Mm. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> I, think, I think it's about time we wrap up. Uh, thank you for listening to us talk about Vampire's Kiss for like a good 30 minutes total, I think. Maybe, yeah, maybe 40. It wasn't a small amount. Yeah, and much like the series as a whole, 
Uh, a, a, a nice chunk. Okay. <laughs> then the rest is just senseless horseshit. Right. But that's why people enjoy what we do. And I certainly hope they do. By people, <laughs> I mean us. That's why we enjoy this. Senseless horseshit. You know, you have to be your own biggest fan, and I think we accomplished that much. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Because, I mean, this way we can sit around and do the stupid shit that we always do, but, like, it has a purpose. And we can say things like, no, I'm sorry I can't go out tonight. I got to do a podcast. And it's just sitting here <laughs> talking shit. It's fun, though. Yep. So, let's do plugs. John, my friend. My colleague, my pal, my comrade. Where can they find you? <laughs> they, of course, being the three people listening. Uh, you can follow the three, the three of the people around you. <laughs> yes, the, yes, all of everyone, us. Uh, all the <laughs> listeners that are in this room. Um, my name is John. You can follow me on Twitter at J O N I I B O I twenty four. John Notes on twelve on Letterbox. And I have been that cannon guy. You can follow me at that cannon guy on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox. Hello, this is Patrick. Thank you all so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name. My art on Facebook at John Lost His Amar. If you're listening to the week, it comes out out on Monday, October 11th, AYCH release episode 233, where we count down the top 50 scary movie moments, and we see if those really hold up uh, today's horror climate on Tuesday October 12th, Tanner has a brand new episode of uh, The Late Takes where he interviews a, one, another one of his friends from the uh, Twitter sphere. And I think this time it might actually be a up-and-coming independent wrestler. Oh. So we, and uh, we appreciate your business and thank you for your time. Yep. <coughs> Ken. Do you uh, want the people to find you places? Yes, absolutely. Well, where can they find you? You can find me in the 1980s phone book, where it's got my address right next to my name. Right. That right. is a reference to uh, Vampire's Kiss. Yes, that well, did People happen. can just look up your name. Look, look me up in the phone book. And yeah. break your knees to the tire iron. <laughs> and I, of course, am Captain Chimmy. You can find me at Captain Chimmy's Kind of Art, Captain Chimmy's Almost Music, the comic strip here in Tuscaloosa. You want some comics? Come get some comics. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, then uh, in two days' time, on Saturday, it's our Wonder Woman Day event where we partner up with Turning Point of Tuscaloosa, a domestic violence shelter that has no affiliation with Turning Point USA, who are a bunch of goddamn Nazis. Mm, and, yes. uh, yeah, we, we partner up with them, raise some money, have some big sales. Should be a good time. And uh, as far as Cajun greatness goes, some of the stuff we have coming up in the docket for this spooky season. Next week, we're watching Season of the Witch, starring Nicolas Cage, obviously, and Ron Perlman. Uh, I've seen it. I enjoyed the movie. And I'll go ahead and tell you guys, the scariest part of it is Cage's hairpiece, because holy shit. (laughs) Uh, After that, we're going to have a special one-two punch of Ghost Rider 1 and 2. With our friend Postman Frank, who is super excited to watch Ghost Rider 2 again and definitely won't be furious and ranting the entire time. And we definitely may not have a moment where we film him burning that DVD. uh, (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) And then after that, November uh, is the month of canon, really. So the Canon Takeover. We're going to have a Travolting Development the first week, the Canon's Choice. After that, we do hijack the month back for a special Leguizamo Day. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign off on this. Too bad. You were outvoted. <laughs> Shit. You get three weeks uh, out of the month, Canon. Goddamn. That's where we're going to review both a Leguizamo-based <laughs> image comic book, because that's a thing that happens for some yeah, reason. Yeah. And I finally make these guys watch The Pest. 
It's gonna be horrifying. After that is Cannon's special birthday episode. Not sure what we're doing there, but I'm sure it'll be fun. And then the week following that is something else that Cannon will pick. Probably a Cage movie. Uh, we'll figure it out. Yeah, well, we'll figure it out. It's yeah. okay. It's it'll be, we'll, be we'll get there. We're walking here. <laughs> we're yeah. walking here. Yeah, just like your father. We're planning here. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's what we got coming up. So uh, you know, hope you enjoy our brand of bullshit, and we will see you guys next week. And Ken, thank you again for being here. Thanks we, for having we, me. We've enjoyed it thoroughly, even if you did infringe on Cannon's gimmick. Yeah. Also, I will say round of applause. Round of applause for Ken. Thank you for being here. Thanks. Thank you for being Thanks. here. Thanks. And we look forward to seeing you on the Left Behind episode. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Which or is, whenever you want to come back on. That movie don't traumatized don't me yeah. as a small child. No, no, this is the Nicolas Cage version. Oh, well, I'm traumatized me as an adult. You remember the Kurt Cameron one? <laughs> the Nick yeah. Cage version's worse. I'm excited. Oh. It's fucking awful. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be a good time. Uh, anyway, thank you all. And uh, yeah, don't drink anybody's blood. You're not a fucking vampire. 9-11, never forget. Vampire. <laughs> I'm a vampire. I shit it. Uh. <laughs> How absurd. Why couldn't you put the bunny back in the box?